Well, good morning, Open Door Fellowship Church. Uh, this is Caleb Lynch back with you, uh, lead pastor here at Open Door Fellowship. Um, man, it's days like these that I am so sick and tired of this COVID corona thing. I want to be with you right now so bad. Um, and yet uh, we are all stuck in our homes. Many of you, hopefully you put on your, your Easter best. <laughs> hopefully you got into the mood no matter what. Um, I know we did, and uh, the girls look great in their uh, Easter dresses. But um, let me just start by saying he is risen. You're supposed to say he is risen indeed. I couldn't hear you. He is risen. There we go. Loving it. Well, hey, let me, let me start us in a time of prayer um, as we get ready to celebrate uh, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and all that he has done. And so let me just pray and thank him for this time. Lord, we, we come before you, and we are, are all mixed up right now with this, uh, this crisis, and it feels so weird, but there is one constant, um, and it is that the truth that you have risen from the grave um, is real, and it sustains us. And so we believe you are sitting on the throne. We believe you are alive. And uh, we thank you for that, Lord. We give you this day. We give you this time. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So what do you say? What do you say on an Easter morning um, when the world is in chaos, when um, people are confused, when fear and anxiety are locking people up when uh, people have lost their jobs, when people have lost loved ones, when people are ill and sick. What do you say? What do you say on a morning uh, that is generally built with pastel colors and happy bunnies jumping around and smiles and hugs? Um, what do you say? I'll start by saying that he is alive. He uh, is well. He is still on the move. He is still rising in people's hearts and in people's souls. And he is still in charge. He always was and he always will be. But I want to read you a story. I want to tell you a little bit about uh, some of the events that took place uh, right, right around this time of day, maybe a little bit earlier than this, uh, a couple thousand years ago, um, on, in the midst of another dark crisis, in the midst of a moment of uncertainty and fear and confusion, um, I want to tell you a little story. And so I'm, I'm picking this story up uh, in the Bible, and it's, it's in Mark 16. This is uh, verses 1 through 7. Mark 16, verses 1 through 7, if you want to get there. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, uh, they bought spices so they could embalm him. Very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other, who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up, and they saw that it had been rolled back, 
It was a huge stone. And they walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in all white. They were completely taken back, astonished. He said to them, do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He is alive. He is here no longer. He is alive. He is here no longer. What do you say during a time of crisis? What do you say during a time of unknown? What do you say during the time of grief? As those gals said, who were just trying to do the best they knew how to do, it said they looked up. They said, who's, who's going to move this huge stone for us? And then they looked up. And the stone, in fact, had been moved away. You see, um, there is one who is still rolling stones away. There is one who is still breathing life into dead bodies, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I hope that during this time that you pause long enough to look up. To look up and to see that the one who is all-powerful, the one who can accomplish all things, has already moved the stone. And he is alive. He is no longer here. May you be convinced. May you realize that it was him who did the work. It was him who hung from the cross, and it was him who rolled back that stone so that resurrection power may breathe not only new life into the bones of Jesus Christ, but into all of those who choose to look up and to believe. This is what we celebrate this day. We celebrate a king who is not stuck in some tomb, but he is alive. So happy Easter, my friends. Um, don't take my word for it. Don't even take the words written on the pages of the Bible. It would probably be good advice to take those words. Maybe not so much mine, but the Bible piece. Um, but you're going to get to hear testimony today of this resurrection power, this power of the living God moving through lives. And so I hope you enjoy it. I hope it blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it reminds you of the power that is found and was released on that very morning. I love you guys. I miss you like silly. Um, I'll be back with you in a little bit, but I hope you enjoy this time. See ya. Hi, everybody. My name is Alejandro Gallo. I am from Honduras, a small country in Central America. I want to share with you guys what God is doing in my life. Um, I recently married a beautiful young woman from Northern Arizona called Mercedes, and uh, we have moved to Phoenix about three months ago. Since then, we have been attending LGF, and we are loving it. Um, and I became a Christian uh, at the age of 14, and um, though I grew up in a loving and a good, uh, healthy family, something was missing. And I didn't have a clear understanding of Jesus. So this changed after my dad attempted to 
um, a Christian retreat, and he decided to give his life to, to Jesus. Um, following his example, my family and myself, we accept Christ as our Savior. But if you ask me, I didn't understand what I was doing. Uh, and this, uh, thank God, this change um, through a church uh, near my home. Um, attending to this church, uh, I, I got a better understanding of God. And um, he laid a good foundation on my life. But even after becoming a Christian, I was adopted by the world, with resulting many mistakes. And uh, around age 20, although my understanding of God had improved a lot, the sin in my life was taking over. And I was, I was becoming blind, and I couldn't see God's love in my life. Um, I couldn't see His hand um, around me. So um, I just make a crazy and stupid decision. I decide to please myself. And um, with this mindset, I consciously decided to reject Jesus and everything that was about him. Uh, and I did understand the consequences of this. And um, I knew that God was uh, the king of kings. I knew that Jesus came to save me. Uh, I knew that uh, the Holy Spirit was in me, but um, for some crazy reason, I thought this is not, not enough for me, and uh, I decided to walk away from God. Um, and the results of this, as you can imagine, were a disaster. My dreams were uh, broken. I didn't have a lot of hope in my life, and uh, I was in a very bad shape and position. Um, but God was very merciful and good with me. And um, he was waiting the perfect time and the perfect opportunity to um, rescue me one more time. So through the Holy Spirit, I realized that my life was a mess, that I was not doing good, and that I got two options. Either um, go back to God and ask for, for forgiveness, or keep doing what I was doing that wasn't giving me good results. So I decided to ask for help. And... Uh, I prayed to God, a really small prayer actually, asking for forgiveness and for help. However, um, my definition of help was completely different to God. And uh, He took me to a beautiful journey. He put me in a place um, to restore me and to teach me more about, about Him. And uh, I honestly fall in love with God. And um, He has blessed me since then. And now I have my own family. And uh, I believe that the seed of the gospel um, in my heart has taken root. And uh, I'm very eager to serve Him and to bear much fruit for Him. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, be safe and muchas gracias.
Good morning, Open Door. My name is Rachel Clink, and I am here home in Phoenix from my senior year at Taylor University studying engineering. I'm continuing classes online, but in this time of pausing, I have to, in fact, pause my undergraduate in-person classes um, and learned recently that, in fact, it wasn't paused. It has actually stopped as I won't be returning to Taylor until I go to pick up my things and hopefully participate in some sort of a graduation ceremony. But God has been teaching me a lot through this pausing um, and stopping of, of my traditional undergraduate time at Taylor. I had a wonderful three and a half years, and I feel like this last half year, what I had envisioned for my time was stolen from me. Um, but it was never really mine to begin with, was it? God is the timekeeper. I am not. And my future and this vision of the time for the future that I had feels so uncertain, but it is just as unknown to me and no less known to him, to God, than it has ever been. And so I rejoice that he is the timekeeper and I am not. And as I prayed and continue to pray for an ability to return to campus and, and see my friends, um, uh, he said no for the remainder of the semester. Um, and I don't know what that future looks like, um, but I rejoice that I can bring my requests to him and he responds. Um, but also he doesn't bend his will around my nearsightedness or sometimes unwillingness to sacrifice something. I, I would never have said yes to this um, if he had asked. And so again, he is the timekeeper and I am not, and that is something that he is teaching me. And he's teaching me also about my hope. Like, is my hope in my sense of time or in his sense of time and, and his sovereignty over that? And so I'd like to share a passage with you from 1 Peter. This is 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9 in the English Standard Version. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith, for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, though that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. But you have not seen him, you love him. But you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so I pray that God continues to work um, in me, a trust in him, and to place my hope ultimately in him, because right now my faith is being grieved by various trials. And I pray that my faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, my hope should not be in my sense of time and in my certainty of time. It should be placed, um, it, it's a living hope, and it comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and it should be, be placed in that, and placed in an inheritance that is imperishable and unfading. 
um, because my view of time and my hopes um, and my plans are perishable and are fading. And ultimately, the foundation of that hope is in Jesus Christ and his resurrection. So happy Easter, open door. He is risen. was crowned with thorns is crowned in glory now the Savior knelt to wash our feet now at his feet we bow
was borrowed for three days. His body there Dear, dear friends, happy resurrection morning. My name is Teresa Pinkerton, for those of you who don't know me, and my heart is overflowing with a good theme, as the psalmist said. There are so many things I could share, and I'm hard-pressed to pick from among them. But I want to say something that will build you up this wonderful day of celebration. Of course, I'm staying home as much as possible during this time of pause, during this time of the spreading of this deadly virus. And while I'm alone, I am enjoying the opportunity to get to know the Lord better, um, to pray, to um, study His Word, to even share the good news online a bit. And then I'm doing some projects too. But I think this is what I want to share with you today. In my mind's eye, I'm just now at a headstone at Veterans Memorial Cemetery up on Cave Creek north of the 101. There's someone there whose body is buried and has been for 24 years. His name is Larry Pinkerton, and for 24 years he was my husband and the father of my three children. So speaking of resurrection, what I do when I go out there and stand on the thin line between life here on earth and life after death, what I do is I stand there and I, knowing and rejoicing, that Larry's inner man is not there, only his mortal body is there. When or if I die, I'll be buried there, right there with him. That's how they work it for spouses. That does not freak me out in the least. This is where Jesus' resurrection becomes my joy and hope. So when I go out there, I take my cell phone, of course, and I take my Bible, of course, and I open it to 1 Corinthians 15, and I read that whole long chapter about the glory of the gospel, how Jesus died, was buried, was raised the third day, 
according to the Hebrew scriptures um, and was appeared to the disciples and to as many as 500 people and last of all to Paul the Apostle. Because he died paying for my sin, for the debt of my sin that I could never pay, and because he rose proving the efficacy of his sacrifice on the cross, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that we too shall rise. So I find Handel's Messiah, this particular song, The Trumpet Shall Sound, and I look around to see if it's going to bother anybody, and, and if nobody can really is that close to me, I turn it up on my phone and I listen to these words. The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised. And I'm not going to sing further because I can't do the trills, but the dead shall be raised incorruptible. What a beautiful song and what beautiful trumpets in that song. There's much more to the song, but it's as close as heaven as to heaven as I can get listening to a beautiful voice and an orchestra sing those wonderful and true words written by Handel. Oh my goodness, Jesus has so much for our futures. I just want to say that woven in the chapter of 1 Corinthians 15 is, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Jesus defeated death for us. He wants us only to turn to God from our bondage to sin and believe that he did this and that he will forgive our sins. Then we are born again, just as Jesus told Nicodemus when Nicodemus came under the cover of night, so curious about this rabbi, he said to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So being truly born again, we live life each day, but it's a different quality of life than before. And it has a great hope. In 1 Peter 1.13, it says, be alert and be sober. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we're here on earth, but we're awaiting him. We're awaiting, and we're awaiting our resurrection in the likeness of his resurrection. If anyone is listening that does not yet know Jesus, please come. He loves you. He will forgive all your sins, even the gravest of sins. He will not disappoint you. He will forgive you. The whole story is right there in the Bible, the living word of God. He, he communicated this to us in written form. If you're not reading and studying the scriptures, you're missing out on so much. Again, everyone, happy Resurrection Day. Praise the Lord. The life you gave Your body was broken In love poured out You bled and you died For me there on the cross Will you breathe your last as you
Open Door Fellowship and Happy Easter. I miss you guys all so much and wish that we were able to celebrate together. Uh, but what a beautiful morning to be given breath by our Creator. He is risen. You know He is. 
So they say that it's always darkest before the dawn. And I wanted to tell you about what the Lord has had for me in the last six months or so. So unfortunately, we have to talk about the dark first. I was drinking pretty heavily to numb my bodily pain from Lyme's disease and the emotional hurt from my marriage. My low point was on the 5th of October of last year. I was frustrated with Maya over something pointless and my anger erupted through hurtful words, threats, and violent behavior. The next morning I awoke to an empty house, an eerie silence that can only be described as hopeless. I went to church that morning because I didn't know what else to do. I tried to worship, but I couldn't even mouth the words. I let my family down and hurt them badly. I let myself down too. I didn't understand how I had gotten to this place. The day before was beautiful, full of laughter, love, opportunity, and the next day it all vanished. I moved into my parents' house a few days later so my family could move home. My friends reached out constantly and I felt so blessed by them, just letting me air whatever I felt with no judgment or condemnation. There were so many people that were rooting for me and our marriage that we couldn't even find time to meet with all of them. Even if we couldn't meet with you, I want you to know that your desire to counsel or talk to us meant everything to me. I started attending AA meetings because I was out of options. I needed to stop drinking to save my life, to save my marriage, to save my family. The decision was hard because I believed that I couldn't be someone who was loved by my friends uh, if I wasn't the fun guy that uh, to have over and have a drink with and um, I didn't want to become one of those weird alcoholic guys that people don't want to hang out or go over to their house and hang out with. Uh, drinking was also a way that I dealt with my crippling fear of abandonment. One of my friends encouraged me to spend time alone to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. So I went up to Flagstaff and wandered the streets, spent time with God, and wrote down all the ways that I avoided taking personal responsibility uh, ways that I had misused my anger, been paralyzed by fear, and all the things that I had done in my life that I was ashamed of. It really helped me to write down all my fears. There was something about writing them down that it almost made them feel silly. The God of the universe was so much bigger than this long list on this little piece of paper. Since then, I've leaned into God to remove these fears from me and to try to notice more when I am feeling or acting out of one of these fears that I have. I know only God can remove my defects and make me whole again. I realized that I struggled to control my life and tried to make everyone into a character that played a role. If you would just be the person that I thought you fit into my story best as, the world would be better. I would be happier, you would be happier. That is not the case. There's only one story to fit into, and that is God's to write. Two days before Ash Wednesday, God kept bringing to mind the idea of fasting. I kept pushing it aside because that is some uh, speaking in tongues, religious stuff that uh, I didn't feel comfortable doing, didn't know how to do. It was really weird to me, uh, but I felt like God was saying to my selfish heart, if you want to give me control, give up what controls you. 
so I decided to go on a fast. I thought that since Lent is based on the observation of Jesus fasting in the desert for 40 days before he started his ministry, that maybe I should fast for Lent. 40 days without anything solid, which turned into 47 days because apparently the Catholics can't count. There have been many twists and turns during my time observing Lent. It has looked very different than what I had thought uh, this time would look like. I had this picture in my mind of having large blocks of time to just spend drinking in his presence and uh, intense times of prayer and worship. I had a picture of coming out of the fast by being baptized and declaring his faithfulness. Well, I still get to proclaim it. It just looks different. But one thing it taught me is that my season of life doesn't allow for the picturesque time with God. So I needed to establish non-routine patterns in my life to find time to spend with Him. It also taught me that if I trust God when things don't go my way and give Him control, I am at peace. Maya and I have been attending marriage counseling at Open Door and it has been extremely beneficial. By the grace of God, our marriage isn't the same as it once was. Uh, there is a ton of hurt in our marriage that has to be healed. There are good days and bad. It doesn't look perfect, but God's timing is never wrong. To those of you who are wondering, I did move back into our house a couple weeks ago and it feels so nice to be closer to my family. This time also showed me what a gift it is to have kids, what a gift it is to have a wife and even more, uh, one that is willing to invest so much into our marriage when she had every right to leave me. Everyone who has supported us has been such a blessing to us and we appreciate your continued prayers. Life is amazing and it is a gift. It's incredible that a God longed for a relationship with us so badly that he even created us, knowing full well that he would have to suffer a physical death to reconcile us and make a way for us to spend eternity with him. Before I read a couple verses, I wanted to say a couple important things. If you are currently living through abuse from someone, you don't have to endure that anymore. If you are an abuser, you don't have to live with the anger and hurt. There is hope and peace in Jesus. If you abuse drugs or alcohol to numb the pain of life, I hear you. I thought my only escape was to drink. And there's so much of life I missed out on by trying to forget that I was alive. To these people, I say that there are many people who love you, even though you might feel alone. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to live that way anymore. We as a church family are here for you and you can direct message me or get a hold of Open Door at any time. Be freed from this. Also, if you want God to teach you something new, try fasting from something that you have let, God, uh, let take control of your life. Maybe not for 40 days, because that was nuts, but maybe for a week and just give it to God. He will honor that sacrifice and meet you. 2 Timothy 20 through 22. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, 
but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Ephesians 5, 15-20 Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, it's such an honor to get to share with you about this on this blessed Easter day. Uh, I miss you all so much. Um, the beard's still good. Uh, it's still here, I'm not getting rid of it. So uh, buckle up for when we get back together. It's gonna be super long and amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, we get to have all of eternity to hang out together. So uh, we'll have tons of time then. Uh, so on this day, I just wanted to ask you to focus on the blessings that you take for granted and on God's love and the lengths he went to show you how much he wanted to be with you through the miracles, the miracle of the Messiah's life, death, and resurrection. Happy Easter, guys. Love you. We were waiting without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law, the prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt
back with you. Uh, it's Caleb again. And I forgot to tell you, I've been showing, showing off my house to you guys. This is actually my living room. This is a fireplace. This is where we hang out uh, many cold nights sitting in front of the fire playing, playing games together as a family. You got to see my back patio last night and my little guest house casita, but you're here with me in my living room. And so uh, I know most of us are spending time together in our living rooms this day. Um, how good were those testimonies? Come on, that's real life right there. Uh, so, so good. Thank you guys so much. Mike and Amy Quinn, thank you guys uh, for your gift of worship to us. Uh, what, a, what a gift for us to be able to worship together on this day. Um, hey, I want to finish with a thought. And um, I, I hope it encourages you. I hope uh, that it wraps this thing up for us today. Uh, but I, I want to tell you, I, I believe what we heard from those people. I believe that there is power in the name of Jesus. I believe that there is fullness of life to be found in his name. And that's, that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating life. We're celebrating uh, risen resurrection life, um, the fullness of life. You, you, you hear in the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus says, I came so that you may have life abundantly, full life he has on offer. And I, I, I believe it. I believe it's real. Um, and I believe it's still on offer for anyone who would choose. I want to read to you uh, Paul, the apostle. He's, he's writing to uh, a church. And he, he starts it like this. He says, this is in 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 3 through 4. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, isn't that great? Of first importance, what I also received, that Christ, that he died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. Died, buried, 
raised, uh, died, past tense, buried, past tense, raised, perfect tense. It's like, uh, it would be like saying he died, he was buried, and he is raising, or he is rising, or he is continuing to rise. Um, and it is this beautiful picture that there is still new life, resurrection life, flowing through the veins of those who have put their trust in Jesus. He goes on and he says, but by the grace, I'm picking up in verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but it was the grace of God that was within me. Isn't that beautiful? Um, Paul saying, look, of first importance, you got to know that he died, that he was buried, that he raised, and I am who I am this very moment because of him, because he did the work, because he died, because he rose. I am who I am today because of him. He has shaped me. He has changed me. And, uh, and then he goes on. He says, and I worked really hard. I'm working really hard. And he goes, but if I think about it, when I look back, I realize even that was a gift from the hand of God. He was the one doing the work within me. It was his resurrection power in me that was shaping and molding me and carrying me through my life. If you are listening and you um, have not looked up to believe that the tomb is empty, to believe that there was one who died on the cross to pay the penalty for your eternal separation away from God. If you have not chosen to trust in this power, in this person of Jesus Christ, I want to invite you today. This is real as real can be. There is nothing more significant than putting your trust in the name of the risen Jesus Christ. There is only one king who sits on the throne, and he is alive, my friends. And if today, for the very first time, you said, yes, I want to trust in him. I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he died for me, and I believe that he rose again. And I want his spirit of life in me, changing me, molding me, shaping me. Then you could do it. It would be this simple. It would be praying a prayer this simple. Lord, Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you sacrificed all on my behalf. Because of my sin, you paid the penalty for my eternal separation from the God of heaven. And I want you, and I need you, and I need the resurrection power of your Spirit within me. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you played that simple prayer, you get to celebrate with thousands upon millions of people all across the world who on this morning, even though stuck in their homes, are declaring that he is alive, that Jesus Christ has risen from the grave, and that he is still rising and moving and shaping hearts and souls today. What a celebration that would be. If you've made this decision, if you have committed your life to this Jesus, would you tell me? 
You can email me at caleb.lynch at odfchurch.org, but I want to celebrate with you. I want to praise the name of God that he is still moving and that he is still alive. I love you guys. Happy Easter. Rest. Pause in this moment to take in the reality that the King of Kings went to the grave for you, but he didn't stay there. That he rose so that you could experience fullness of life. I love you. Happy Easter. Hope you had a great morning. We'll see you later. Bye.